gentlemen. Welcome back. Are these the plaid pants? These are, I don't think they're plaid, but they're, they're, they're dress plaid-ish. pants. They're checkered. They're dress pants that I purchased for like 38 bucks at Macy's. Right. Like 60% off. Man. Hey. So I'm like. I love a good deal. Yeah. They're, they're, I bought six. I bought a pack of six t-shirts that cost more than the nice pants. Because I'm my t-shirt depth is like running low. It's like. First of all, t-shirt depth is underappreciated. Yeah. Well, and I, mean, I appreciate that you wear undershirts because there's too many people who wear dress shirts but don't wear undershirts. I'm that person sometimes, except for white. That's gross. Wear them with really. ties. It depends on it. Now, I'll tell, I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this. If I'm going to a wedding and I have the white shirt and it's hot, I will definitely wear a t shirt. Oh, absolutely. It's to. mandatory. We to. had a cat. If I have a um, dark blue, I'm not done. No, I know. If Sorry I about have that. A, I'll just give you a different example. Good contrast, though. <laughs> But if I go to regular church, let's say, yeah, and I wear a blue shirt that day, mm-hmm. and it's just a church in the winter, I will not wear a t-shirt. Okay, I mean, I'm not going to mm. get on you for that. You sound you, like you were because you're wearing a tie to church. Well, yeah, then, always wear a tie to church. That's because yeah. the shirt almost acts as an undershirt. Yes, because you have the jacket on right. over it, and it masks any sweating that may potentially. We had happen. a we had a cat when we used to wear white shirts at the Big M. We had this one cat who perspired profusely and one time you, you had to wear an undershirt underneath your white shirt it had to be heavy starch crease sleeves all that crap yeah all that um, crap and so this guy tommy shows up and he's like oh, i forgot my t-shirt so he puts on and it's it's a hot day ac is not working as well as it should be Yuck. and like tommy sh- i'm like at the time we used white napkins in the okay restaurant. i'm like tom just gonna uh, thinking outside the box here like tape some like white napkins and put them on your your body underneath the shirt because it's not going to look good. Like by the end of the evening, long shift, like it looked translucent. Just the oh, you're just like, dude, this is not appealing at all. Not at all. Like I don't want to. <clears throat> yeah, it was just. It's like, I'm, dude, I'm the kind who sweats a lot. I'm like Patrick Ewing in okay. pregame warmups, sweating, and it always starts with my back. So I have to. It is mandatory that I wear a t-shirt. Yeah. Like, yeah. If I don't pack a t-shirt, I'm just not going to your thing. See, my, I have to have a t-shirt. My bottom tier of t-shirts that I still have kept on the roster for a day like today when I'm wearing a tie yeah. and I'm buttoned up. So it's like you don't need to know if the collar has like a gash right here, right. which is you can't wear with the open shirts. Or if you do, you got to at least have a pretty good story of how the gash got there. You should see the other guy. Or, God, she was crazy. Oh, my God. This is such a good open. Yeah. I'm totally keeping this. By it's the way. Better, than the actu- be great. better than the actual team. It's like when they used to show uh, at the, you know, those, those hacky sitcoms in the 90s when they'd show blooper reels during the credits. Yeah. And I'm like, damn, funnier than the actual show. <laughs> it really is, is a little bit of a test, you know? There's, um, you know, it, it has to be a one-game mentality. It has to be about coming in and, and, and being a professional and, and doing what a professional does. And it's come to work, work hard, develop, and then get out there and, and give your best. That is for uh, one of the last times Ron Rivera opening the D.C. sports huddle, sort of. And I am Rob Woodfork, back from the bi-week, tanned and rested, alongside George Wallace, who's oddly always tanned and rested, and the hardest-working man in sports, Dave Preston. Frozen and rested, yeah. whereas you went to the islands, <laughs> I went to New Hampshire, where I swear it was warmer outside my mother's house than inside my oh, mother's house. Wait, is, oh, is yeah. she one of those? 
She well, she grew up in Idaho yeah. and does not really believe in the furnace in the winter and or at least until you get to actual winter. 32. So the 22nd yeah. is not here. What is there a temperature that she won't cut the heat off? You know what? I don't know. All I know is that it's always mm. cold there. I always wear my full allotment of clothes that I packed the first allotment. day. <laughs> and uh it's just I mean it's it, it's it's the it's the way she rolls and uh uh, salute to Grammy Shammy, yeah. my mom, yeah. Sharon, birthday. Kathleen, Anderson, Preston. Right. Big eight zero, yes, oh, this past wow. uh, Saturday or Friday night. And uh, big shout out to uh, the Bedford Village Inn in New Hampshire. If you're ever up there, uh, check it out. If you watch election coverage, they'll have the primary uh, in New Hampshire. In a couple of weeks, a lot of the networks set up shop at the barns around there and stuff like that. The, it's It's not really that new. But it's you know it it makes people think of oh this is old New England since 1985 <laughs> okay but uh, had a great dinner there you know really uh, outstanding uh, experience that my mom still raved about two days later so right. well that's good well, yeah and you go got, to BVI you, you if guys you get a shout chance. out to my significant <clears throat> other who has a um, milestone birthday that is significantly fewer years than. Uh, we won't Preston, judge, though. We won't judge. But... My uncle Bill married an older woman, <laughs> Aunt <laughs> well, Laura. We never knew well, how old Aunt Laura Watson was. Never knew. Oh, you don't want to know. But uh, yeah, we absconded to uh, Punta Cana for a uh, birthday uh, celebration for a few days. Uh, great way to spend the bye week. Great way to spend a long weekend. And um, yeah, so it's been fun by you know what we got this, four more but we Georgia came back here and worked but you we know came what? back Here's... and we got four more games of this <laughs> how did this old stuff this how, did been this, the end. how did this work i am get, should be getting hazard pay going out and covering this team right you should. all the time you should it's the bye week and the two of you go away yeah yeah i have to stay here well you didn't have well to i stay covered here. the last two home games you did i needed i got to see tommy devito get his first those listening georgia does the schedule for the wtop Two sports of the, department yeah. and you know if it's the, part of being a director two-thirds of our massive sports department is away <laughs> yeah then the other then you can't do that you can't really do the much coordinating else. associates we've yeah. yet to feather bed the department oh boy well we are going to talk about the commanders begrudgingly yeah they've clinched their seventh straight season without a winning record even ahead of their game against the rams which we will get to in a bit they're still alive though yeah they, uh, only two teams are eliminated 30 Panthers teams i just and, talked uh, about robocop was still alive patriots. 30 that's funny 30 of the 32 teams yeah. are still alive patriots and then the uh panthers on the 20th yeah. anniversary NFC. of when the patriots <laughs> the played, played the panthers in the super bowl oh boy. just goes to show that uh Remember what happened to halftime greatness isn't game, forever right? yeah no i do yeah <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I always uh, thought that JC Chavez know. would be the you know kid from NSYNC to make it big. No, you That's, didn't. I thought he did. I, I you I, thought that was going to be the one. I no thought. Way. Well, I took you know I because I, uh, Timberlake was such the odds-on favorite, you weren't getting good value. So I'm like, oh, who are we going to take? Not uh, Lance Bass or Chris Kirkpatrick or Joey Fat One. It's friggin' JC Chavez. Yeah, I didn't oh, think I thought I was right. the only one who called Joey that. Um, yeah. So Joey, we're, oh yeah, we're going to get to the Rams game. Okay, fine. Now he's yeah, Joey Hefty one. And that's a threat. Uh, we'll get to the Rams game, but uh, I thought it would be interesting to do this. I've seen a lot of rumblings out of Pittsburgh about Mike Tomlin maybe seeing that run come to an end after 17 years. Uh, if you don't pay attention to the Steelers, for the last two games, they have lost to 2-10 and 10 teams at home. It's not good, right? That's not good. Mm-hmm. That's not what you want. That's uh, – 
very uh, Rivera-esque. But <laughs> See, now, you didn't have to do that. I didn't have to you do didn't that. Have, that was, they, yeah, this that was not, this is about Mike that Tomlin coming shot. here. That has nothing right. to do with Rivera. Well, and, and that's the thing. Could Mike Tomlin come here? A lot, yes. of, people, a lot of people say, look, it's, it's the Steelers. <clears throat> they don't fire their coaches, and that's correct. We've talked about it on this show. Yes. That is the one We've you trade for. quite yeah. a bit. Chuck Noll was kind of edged He's out. He's not coaching anymore. No, but Chuck Noll was kind of edged out, and Bill Cowher – uh, he had kind of burned out. I forgot his team. how he his got, ended. He, he got that late championship. Yeah. How Cower ended? Yeah. Cower, but he was. They, I think, his last year they went eight and eight. Eight and eight. Um, but his, yeah, they won the Super Bowl. He, he was they in danger of getting year. flushed out because they okay. had that bad year with Tommy Maddox. They oh, he right. had he had not handled uh, Cordell Stewart that whole situation. That's right. Well, they they had lost multiple home AFC championship games, and that run in 05 where I think if it weren't for a, a tackle by Roethlisberger yeah. of the uh, yeah. of a fumble recovery in the Colts um, game. they would have flamed out and you know Cardinals. never beaten Denver and then never beaten the uh, uh, the Broncos or they, no, they no, beat no, the Broncos the and then the Seahawks, Seahawks. Yeah. you know t- to win the uh, to win the Super Bowl so he won that it and then the next year he went 8-8 eight and, eight and that was it and that was it that yeah, was it I right, believe right. yeah yeah, because I mean, and then Tomlin and, won in year two, I believe. If I recall correctly, he was quoted as saying, "Like I've been chasing for so long mm. that now I don't know what to chase. Right now that I have it, you know." So I think his light was kind of extinguished. I think with Chuck Knoll, and you know, I'll defer to Dave on this because that was a little before my time. But uh, Chuck Knoll, he's he, like he started the downturn for Chuck Knoll started in year seventeen, which is where Tomlin is now. Yeah, and so. Uh-huh. You know, it, like they weren't truly competitive anymore after year 17. Cower didn't get to a year 17. And the reality is this when you're a coach who is long tenured, and Bill Belichick may be an exception to this because they still won Super Bowls pretty deep into his stay in New England. All right. But they guys, reinvented themselves too. Right. You go a decade and a half with one team, and sometimes the message gets stale. And it's right. not that you're a bad coach. It's just that, you know, usually about 12 years is where you top out of, you know, a tenure. Like it, Joe Gibbs yeah. that never had that, like, you know, sharp decline or whatever because he was only here 12 years. But if you look at the last team that he had, 9-7, and seven, I think, lost their yeah. last two. Right. Yes, they had that win over Minnesota, but you could easily see that they were that, – that That's not those, a bottom out. Those guys were getting old, too, and yeah. this, that, the other thing. You look at a lot of long-term tenures. Uh, you think of, you know, Shula had reinvented himself multiple mm-hmm. times uh, with with the uh, Dolphins from a run heavy to a Marino heavy. Yeah. But late, but in the latter stages of his tenure with the Dolphins, things were slipping and they had missed the playoffs a bunch of times. And then Jimmy Johnson helped kind of edge him out by <laughs> saying how great the Dolphins were, even though they weren't. Right. Still, he did he did Don Shula dirty. Yeah. And did. nobody calls him out for that, which is. Kind of interesting. Uh, you, you look at Noel, the the guys that he that the, the, they drafted in that first run started to get old. He didn't have a quarterback to replace Bradshaw. Right. Uh, they they whiffed on a bunch of picks here and there. And you're right, year seventeen, it's like okay, where is this you know actually going? And I wouldn't be surprised to see Tomlin part ways. You know, he's he's been there seventeen years. That that that's a lifetime. I wouldn't mind seeing him in, uh, you know, with the burgundy and gold. Yeah. Question is, who's the GM? Who is the guy getting the groceries? What sort of power structure is there? If Mike Tomlin comes here, there needs to be a general manager who has the authority, but also has the ability to work 
with Mike Tomlin and well, get him the type of players that Mike Tomlin's looking for because we've seen uh, you look at a case in point, coach of the year in Washington uh, got fired because he couldn't work with his GM. That guy's name was Jack Party. Mm-hmm. They hired an unknown assistant, even though a lot of people knew who Joe Gibbs was. He could work with Party, and they were able to, even though they disagreed, they could still work together. Whoever is the GM, whoever is the football executive that this Harris group puts in place has to be able to work with the coach, no matter how well-known or no matter how, you know, completely anonymous, you know, to the masses he might be, whether it's Mike Tomlin or not. And here's the thing. The ownership group led by Josh Harris. Josh Harris was once upon a time a minority owner with the Pittsburgh Steelers. And so this is just doing some dot connecting. I don't know how strong the ties are to these names, but Kevin Colbert was the longtime GM in Pittsburgh. He's a guy that's still uh, without a job. Now, right. he kind of walked away at, in, in Pittsburgh. He's a little older. He's uh, off the top of my head. I'm pretty sure he's close to 60, if not uh, uh, older than that. And so even if you bring him in on a consultant basis – to help you find that next young up-and-coming personnel executive. That would be an interesting hire who, again, may already have ties to Josh Harris. And you wonder if that happens, then right. is that make the Washington job all the more enticing? And as we've said in this podcast, the Washington job is already enticing for the merits of what it is. It's uh, new ownership. It's a blank slate with $90 million in cap space. You have five picks, I believe, will probably fall in the top 100. At the, at the very least, 110. Yeah. And it's it's even even though it's not the round number that 100 is, if you yeah. look back, the, yeah. the, there there is it, it, the— In the top three rounds, they will have five After selections. pick 110, it's almost like when you're at the beach, when you're in the ocean, when you're in the waters, <laughs> when you're in the Caribbean hanging out, there's a little bit of a drop. There's yeah. a, and, and the drop-off— is more pronounced after pick 110 than it is maybe after 190. So you're getting prime prospects available at that or draft capital that you can trade to move up or or, or do whatever. Caleb Williams or whatever quarterback prospect the new regime is going to fall in love with. So to me, for Mike Tomlin, and I mean, looking at just some people kind of you know, spitballing a second rounder in 2024 and a third rounder in 2025. Yeah. Okay. To make that That'd deal happen. And for those not aware, Tomlin, this isn't just, you know, throwing stuff against the wall. Tomlin is entering the final year of his contract. After the 2024 season, he's not signed. He's free. Now, right. Pittsburgh, they have a tendency to, you know, get it done right around now. But it doesn't seem like either side is really in a rush to to get something done. But here's the thing. This is a win-win-win. Right. Because Pittsburgh would get a fresh start. They love dra- – uh, they, they, they are adept at finding coaches who are 30-somethings and then grow into the role, and it's worked. All three guys that they've hired since 1969 have won a Super Bowl for them. And I think that what makes Tomlin more akin to Noel is he won his Super Bowl on the front end. Right. And so – for Cower, he wouldn't have gotten a Super Bowl in just about any other city because nobody gets 15 years to no. get over. They had the hump. some six and tens that you're just yeah. like that ain't happening. Yeah, you know, and I used to hang gone. out in Pittsburgh quite a bit uh, about 20 years ago and go in there like they were livid with Cower 
before that Super Bowl. Like maybe three years before that Super Bowl, they finally got. And you've watched multiple episodes of This Is Us. I have. That, that, that you're, I absolutely you, have. You're wired that's in. A show, that's a show that, parenthetically, I bailed on. I think, I didn't Mr. Belvedere take place in Pittsburgh? I believe it did. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's, yeah. I, mean yeah. I, I, yeah. I was of the Wesley. generation that, <laughs> that checked out Belvedere. Favorite, but, favorite episode there was when oh Wesley boy. throws a spelling bee and he misspells the word phlegm, F-L-E-M. Oh and boy. the only one in the audience cheering is Bob Euchre because he thinks that's he thinks how you spell right. Clem. He's yeah. like, yeah. <laughs> so back to you. Uh, back to the show. Yeah, of course. Uh, but he won his Super Bowl on the front end. And so there is, unless you have like this generational talented quarterback where you can reboot a dynasty, he's backing into the end of that tenure. So I think for Tomlin, it would be a great time to move on. Washington is one of the most desirable destinations because of the new ownership and because of the on-field benefits. And um, the uh, the other thing is Tomlin is quasi-local. He's from the Newport News area, so that's close to home, the closest you can be to home for Ish. an NFL franchise. Yeah. Went to but William not and close Mary. enough yeah. that it can be a distraction, like as we've alluded to with like Chase Correct. Young and some of these other guys who had a quote-unquote homecoming and didn't pan out. Uh, for Washington, look, I mean, I don't – think I need to show my work on this. I mean, he's a Super Bowl winner with charisma. He has a penchant for getting more out of less. And that is something that you absolutely have to have during this critical juncture where, you know, one, you're trying to get credibility and you're trying to, you know, entice the fan base. And the other aspect being they have a roster that's got some holes. And so he's shown in Pittsburgh that he can get teams with holes at least in the playoff conversation, if not into the playoffs. So for yeah. a uh, for a two and a three, George Wallace, would you yeah. do that? What, I'd do whatever it takes. Yeah, that would be the one I would do. That yeah. him and Sean McVay, the only the two I would trade for. I I agree with that. What hey, I also whoa. think. He what, agreed with me. I know. Let's mark that on the. Can we mark that on the tape? No. What What I also like about this move for Mike Tomlin is that he does have the Super Bowl title with Pittsburgh, but it came so early in the tenure. A lot of those guys. Uh, became pros and became stars under Bill Cower. You could view that as an extension of the 05 era team. The same quarterback who won it in 05 won it uh, un- under him in 08. This would give him the chance to go somewhere else. And even if, say, he comes to Washington this next season, they win the Super Bowl, and they say, oh, you won it with Ron Rivera's guys. You know, it's one of those things that, okay, I've, 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 I've won two <laughs> Super Bowls with two different teams. No one else has done that. Yeah, And... Who cares if I do it in the first? Or, yeah. Who cares if I do it in the first or second year? Yeah. I've won. A lot of guys have won titles. Don McCafferty won uh, Super Bowl the first year. He was the head coach of the Baltimore Colts in 1970. Nobody knows his name because he didn't win anywhere else. Right. Uh, George Seifert won a Super Bowl his first year with the Niners. Won another with the Niners as well. Went on to Carolina, didn't win there. Right. He is thought of as not it's the same as Bill the other. As Bill yeah, Walsh's kids, exactly. Team. So I think if Tomlin were to win in Washington, Barry Switzer. <laughs> yes, if Tomlin were to win in Washington, that would be two titles, two different teams, two different styles of franchises, yep. as far as in and in two different eras. Because even though 08 isn't that far away. This is a completely, in my opinion, it's a completely different NFL than the one that was here just 15 years ago as far as how it's an offensive league and what have you. Yes, but the the thing is, though, with Cowher, you can say that team won a Super Bowl, and yeah, you won it with those players or whatever. Nobody's going to say that 
about Ron Rivera. He didn't have any winning seasons. Ron will. I mean, yeah, right. Send if, me my if, ring. If it's but, Sam Howell. If it's not Sam Howell, Ron won't. Right. But the thing is, again, like, there's a lot of holes in this roster. Nobody's going to say this is a championship roster. No. And so oh. it's not going to be like the Phil Jackson thing where people try to downgrade his championships because he won them with superstar talent. There's no superstar on Washington's roster. I mean, the, probably the best player objectively is who? Terry McLaurin, Jonathan Allen. Tressway. Yeah, well. <laughs> Tressway. Your best player is your punter. Totally. Yeah, but I mean, you you don't have any superstar players. So if he was to take this and uh, look, he's he said in uh, in another podcast that Joe Gibbs is like one of his heroes. Right. Like that's one of the guys where he coached against them, and it was like he was starstruck. So it's like he grew up in Virginia during the heyday, and I think with Joe Gibbs, you know, sort of being still kind of a part of this organization in some way, maybe he you know, puts a full court press on him and maybe uh, gives him a sale pitch he can't turn down. You, you would have to pair him with – see, now, initially, my thought was I'd want Tomlin and then EB to stay as your offensive coordinator if things were going well with Hal. I don't know if that's the case now. You still have a month left, but you need a strong offensive coordinator with him. Agreed. Agreed. And that's the one downside to that's Tomlin. Twice. Yeah, no. Twice in one podcast. We might have to change the theory. Mark that on tape. Yep, yeah. you got that. Okay, good. That'll be for the year end. But that's Best been, of. But that's been the one knock on Tomlin is that he has no discernible coaching tree. Right. He has not one guy who has come up through the ranks under the Steelers and become a head coach. Yeah. You could kind of make the case, I guess, for um, well, Bruce, Hunt? Uh, Bruce Arians. Yeah, but no, Wisenhunt was before him. Okay. He was actually one of the finalists for the Steelers' yeah. job um, after that Super Bowl, and uh, Tomlin was a surprise hire. But he had Bruce Arians for a hot minute, and he went on to uh, good coaching success. And you know, but th- that's a guy that predated him. That was a guy he inherited. So right. um, there's been nobody that's come up under him. I've heard complaints that uh, you know, for a guy who is to date the most uh, accomplished black coach in the NFL he hasn't had any black coordinators over the 17 years that he's been there but I mean you come to Washington and here's the thing during the interview process however that looks because he's of course under contract with another team part of getting the job would have to be like you you kind of have to leave Pittsburgh in Pittsburgh you can't because we've seen this there's a reason why coaches who have won Super Bowls with their first stop haven't won one in a second stop and that's because the tendency, and it's natural, to just basically cut what you did in the first city and then try to paste it sure. in the new city. Right. You can't do that. It's a new city. It's a new organization. It's new players. So you have to adapt to where you're at. Now, whatever principles are in play, you know, principles don't change. Like the way you get there maybe changes, but you're going to have to adapt. So, like, question one, I would ask him. What are you going to do in Washington that's separate and apart from what you did right. in Pittsburgh? Even though you had success there, you can't rest on those laurels here in Washington. And a lot of the recent success of the Steelers, that yes, he has yet to have a losing season, but he's had those late-season runs. Yeah. 
that right. it felt like, I mean, and we've seen plenty of late season runs by the we've Burgundy and Gold. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I think. I don't know about plenty, but no, well, a few. A, well, to make the playoffs, <laughs> yeah. they've every time they've made the playoffs, it has been because of a with and six or seven game winning streak. It's yeah. been because of a surge, you know, and we call the Rivera surge of 2020 a surge, even though it's yeah, it really uh, in lowercase right. letters. Now, I, I would, I would mind seeing, you know, Mike Tomlin as as the head coach. Uh, you would mind? I would not oh, mind. Oh, yeah. I would not mind seeing him as a head yeah. coach. Uh, again, it's just a matter of. Uh, would he be your top choice? Uh I I would say no, just because he's currently under contract. This isn't tampering. Don't worry. We can, okay. we can talk about. <laughs> oh no. Oh. Okay. If I had a wish list, if they could say you can yeah. grab any coach. He'd be the guy, yes. Because take him over Belichick, right? Yes, yes. Because oh, he's because he's he's still young enough. You. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I I would prefer him. Yeah, and then maybe the the hot shot young offensive coordinator or something right. like that. Right, right. Yeah, that's yeah. that's that's tier two. Yeah, and then maybe the former Holy Cross. No, no, we're not going to. He's FC. taken. He's, he's yeah, a, I know. He's at JMU. He's a dream prospect. I don't, and here's the thing: to the the people that argue you have to take a young offense, you have to take an offensive coach these days. I don't buy that. I don't believe that. No, absolutely not. Because I mean, we've seen young offensive coaches fail as well. So it's like it's not a tried and true uh, right. of thing. Because I mean, the most decorated coaches in the NFL right now, uh, it's Andy Reid, Bill Belichick, Mike Tomlin. Only one of them is an offensive-minded right. head coach. True. And John Harbaugh has done a lot of winning in Baltimore. He's a special special teams teams coach coach. by trade. So I don't believe that. I think Tomlin is a home run. I mean, just belting one out of Nats Park into the Potomac River, great hire. Because, number one, he's he's got a wealth of experience. Because, did I pick the wrong river? You do know that the Potomac is in the other direction. It's it's the Anacostia. That's how great it is. The Anacostia. So So it goes all the way around the world and then drops into the Potomac. This isn't a test. This isn't a test. Right. Yeah. Whatever river. No. It's it's outside the park, like way outside the park home run if you get Mike Tomlin. Because, number one, he's a guy who's got a ton of experience with some of these offensive-minded coaches that – you know, you're pulling because they were great coordinators or great quarterbacks coaches or whatever. You don't know if that translates to being a head coach. You know Mike Tomlin is a head coach. And for a guy who's got 17 years experience, right. he's only 51. I yeah. also so, think I also think yeah. he'd be a good fit because of his ability to coach guys up. You, this roster, uh, you, you one, you need – there's going to be a major roster transformation over the next year or so, regardless of who the new head right. coach is – but I'm sure that there are some guys on this roster who, with the proper coaching, with the proper motivation, can be much better than they currently are. And right. I think a guy like Mike Tomlin can come in and he can turn your B minus guys into B plus guys, your C minus right. guys maybe into a B minus. He, he guy. does more with less, and he could do it for an extended period of time because at 51, it's plausible that he could have a 13, 14, 15 year run here after the long run. He had in Pittsburgh, Correct. yeah, and so uh, and he's not a guy, at least not publicly anyway. I haven't heard any rumblings that he's a guy who's looking for power. He's a guy who just wants to coach the team. He's not looking for personnel and all that. So if he's got a personnel guy he trusts, I think that's the best case scenario for Washington. That is a home run hire, and I would say that they're Super Bowl contenders, if not in the Super Bowl 
at in actuality within five years. Okay, so 2027, 2028 is we need is okay. when we need to be looking for the, the last budget. Last year at and th- this is how uh, how it played out with Philly is they got to a Super Bowl the the last year of the link the last the year vet, yeah. of uh, uh yeah yeah you're right the vet yeah, before they moved into the link yeah the last year at FedEx Field will be the year that they make a run to the Super Bowl yeah last year at Cole. Was the right. uh, year of the uh, actually didn't they feel, didn't the Eagles lose that last game of the vet the championship game to the they Bucks did. the Bucks oh that's right yeah. yes because they had so John Gruden. Yeah, I remember that yeah, John Gruden's yeah, 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 Bucks yeah, yeah. all right but well, they were in it they were yeah I see your, your point I didn't mean to yeah. rain on your parade <laughs> I'm my brain is still on vacation I'm oh, picking well, the wrong rivers to hit balls yeah, into the wrong and all kinds of stuff um all right so I mean not that anybody cares about the Rams game but they are got the chart. Oh, well, one, one, one person, person cares. One person cares. Uh, Rams are lose. six and a half point favorites. The over under on this game is 48.5 points. Give me the over on both. Yes. I think LA wins this. I mean, Matthew yeah. Stafford is uh, is playing as hot as anybody right now. Um, That's the Carson Wentz revenge game. Yay. I think they're also. Carson Wentz better not see the field. I think they're also smarting from losing a very winnable game in Baltimore yeah. this past Correct. Sunday, where they still covered despite being the West Coast team <laughs> playing at 10 a.m. No. Guys, their time. Here's the thing. There it is. Look, do you know how hard it is for this team? It's going to be hard to come back from a bye week now in December. Oh, yeah. And you're just with absolutely nothing to play for. Usually you take they're your still bye mathematically right. alive, oh, but stop. Ron Rivera doesn't sound like a man who's telling his team that they're still mathematically Montez alive. Montez Sweat's telling everybody the team was heading for the postseason or waiting for the season to end. Do you see that comment yesterday? The way oh, this boy. team has played, too, heading into the bye, the loss to the Giants, the loss to Dallas, points back the to loss back. to yeah. uh, Miami, back-to-back-to-back, to back to back, really just stinkers that you just – how do you right. – remember, like, right before that, it's they were playing Seattle, and it's like – I don't. I, I didn't think they could put together three straight, yeah. you know, sustained efforts. Right. Mm-hmm. I don't know how they put together three such awful efforts. You know, going into the bye week and four more games of this. So. I mean, you come back from the bye. There's yeah. absolutely nothing to play for. Usually, when you have your bye, you're somewhat alive still, in theory. depending on the season. Yeah. yeah. Right. But now Buys they come back. Should, yeah. And then they go to and they're, and they're going to the West Coast. Right. Yeah. They want no part of this. In yeah. my, I mean, it's it, and the the NFL does what the NFL does that they've yet to put me on speed dial. But I just don't like the fact that you're giving teams their one buy in December, and that yeah. that doesn't just go for yeah. Washington and Arizona this yeah, past week, but week? the previous week, Giants and Baltimore and others. Yeah. You need to if you're if the NFL wants to do it right, buy the players. Which mm-hmm. let's be they honest, they're playing the on Sunday and then on Thursday night, right. you know, regularly. Uh, if they wanted to do things right by the product and by the players, you're going. You should be giving your team. Nobody should have a buy before the beginning of October, and nobody should have a buy after Thanksgiving week. Right. There are often eight weeks in there, so yeah. you give four teams a buy each week, and you move on yeah. from there. I, I don't know why they don't do that. No. It just makes so much sense. If I can organize the Jingleheimer Junction League and make sure the pythons and the torpedoes begin and end the season, because. The rivals and the Ascot Argyle plays uh, St. Hardship to end the season. The NFL can get ahead of this and do the right thing. I have no idea what that means. So if you're yes, in your you car, they're the teams confused. in the league. Dread Pirate Roberts needs to win plus get help. Here's what I know playoffs. Rivera has a losing record in the first game out of a bye, including Carolina, uh, in Washington, which is the most relevant thing. He's he was one in Carolina two. before? Yeah, apparently. His uh, record is one and two out of a bye. Both losses 
coming to the Giants. Yeah. So he might actually win just by virtue oh. of not playing the Giants. Uh, but the the one win that they had sparked a four-game win streak in 2021, which you cannot have this year because at, if this season ended now, the which mercifully I wish it would, but if the season ended now, Washington would have the fourth overall pick in the draft. Yeah. And yeah. would be in the driver's seat for getting a quarterback. They'd just be in the driver's it. seat for getting the top tackle. That's why yeah. this fire Rivera stuff Marvin just has Harrison. to stop. Right. Just play. So you need to you play. You need to finish no better than one and three here yes. down the stretch. How so about that, a three and, and one? You know, with the Giants winning games all of a sudden, with um, you know the Patriots Listen, and then the uh, Cardinals gonna, winning uh, yeah. against yeah. the Steelers, like they're not going to have to try hard to do that. That uh, you may get one win, maybe, maybe. This is the most winnable one on their schedule, I think. I mean, because the Niners and Cowboys are still going to be playing for stuff. Yeah. They're tied at right. the end of the season. So uh, are, are we picking them? Yeah, I got Who? the Rams winning 36-18. to 18. Last second uh, two-point conversion maybe sends this into the land of Scorigami, where the 45-15 to 15 loss to the Dolphins was. Oh. I, didn't I bet the Rams put up 30. You 1,000%. Think? 31-20. Let's go 31-20. I got them 31-27. Um Matthew Stafford and those Rams receivers feast. I mean, they've got. <laughs> but the burgundy and gold covers. Uh, yes. Wow. What's yeah. it, six and a half right now? Six and a half, yeah. Because oh. here's the thing. The offense isn't bad. It's the no. defense that's no, yeah, bad. Yeah. And, like, the offense is not consistent enough to overcome a bad defense. That's so, what I said going into the Dallas game. Because it's like, oh, they're going to mm-hmm. make it. Yeah. And then, yeah. You know. No. I think what we see the rest of the way is. Sam Howell continues to progress. The offense has moments, and the defense continues to just absolutely stink. And what you want to see, if you're a Commanders fan, is them lose games 45 to 38. And Jamin Davis is out now, too. Jamin Davis is gone for the year. Surgery. Oh, man. Hurt himself in the Dolphins game. It's rough so, stuff, man. If that changes your and it, I mean, it, and the thing is, what's I think the biggest dis- uh, thirty-one well, thirty. Then there have been a lot of <laughs> there have been a lot of disappointing things with this season. I think one, and we've talked about it early and often, is the fact that the defense, despite all of the first round and second, all all, all of the top picks, all of the assets that you've allocated towards this unit the whole was never greater than the sum of its parts. And the last couple of weeks, regardless of who the coordinator was, you never felt that this team was capable of stopping the opponent. Anyone. Yeah. And it's just, I mean, Agreed. whether it was Seattle, who we've seen you know, take a dip the last couple no, of weeks. The Bears yeah. came into your yeah. house on a short week on the road and put 40 on you. Chicken soup for the wide receiver's soul. Oh. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm saying. The Rams receivers, I mean, you have Puka Nakua, who's, who was like one of the hottest receivers in the league early on. Love that guy. Well, All right. this was hopeful. I mean, it was hopeful. It, it was, was hopeful, hopeful with yeah. the Tomlin stuff. It was. Because right. if you get Mike it Tomlin. It wasn't fun, but it was hopeful. Yeah. yeah, it was. It was fun and hopeful. Something like that. Can we uh, do an audible at the line of scrimmage? Hey, let's it, do it. The silly season is still kind of here for uh, men's and women's college basketball. Women with a big win silly over Towson in 11 a.m., uh, Thriller is that nine points? They I know. flirt with a hundred is what exactly. I put in my teeth. Oh, yeah. It'll be interesting to see how well they fare once they enter the teeth of Big Ten play because that conference has improved much because uh, of, of the fact that when Maryland joined that league, they were the best 
program they in the league keep by up far. With them, yeah. And so it's it's a it's a much tougher uh, Big Ten to compete in this winter. And they're they don't currently have a big. Their best big is playing at LSU right now. And Angel <laughs> Reese, uh, Maryland men uh, concerned about their three point shooting. They've yet to really de- they've. They've they have yet to find their three point shot this season, mm-hmm. and that's going to hurt come Big Ten play. Georgetown men they've yet to really be able to defend effectively. We've seen them uh, blow some second half leads. They lost this past Saturday to Syracuse when they couldn't stop their guards. What I'm curious to see is uh, both George Mason and George Washington have played well the first two months, and when you're at this stage of the season, it's not like you're comparing apples and oranges. It's more and oranges. It's more like apples and triangles. You know, where you don't know exactly how good a team is. And can they turn what have been decent starts into solid A-10 seasons? That'll be the biggest concern as uh, we enter conference play in a couple of weeks. All right. And, of course, Dave Preston, our resident AP Top 25 voter. I gave, I gave him two thumbs up yesterday in both of your Thank votes. Thank you. It got yeah. you going. Yeah, You're yeah, too yeah. kind, man. I was. Yeah, I'm was only kind. a minus six. I was kind, yeah. Collegepoltracker.com. <laughs> give it a check. Hey, give it a check. And check out WTOP.com. I am uh, writing a column about this uh, Mike Tomlin possibility. Oh, yeah? And, yeah, that'll read be on that. WTOP.com. It could be good to read. Yeah, it should be. Great read. It should be. First column of oh, the yeah? season. He hasn't written it yet. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Best column of the season. I'll, I'll let you guys. Written. I'll let you guys do a first edit. Okay. I'm Rob Woodfork signing off with George Wallace, Dave Preston. We are breaking the huddle. You're, out, right. of, you're out of practice. Oh, you I am what? out of practice, but our timing was strong. <laughs>